you, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode three of October Rama. Brought to you by the Grave Flat Podcast. Ding! Trademark. It's ours. We own it. We don't. It's, Anybody, on, it's, it's on wax. <laughs> we don't own it, though. Anybody could take it from us. Can, we, can you still do that thing where you just mail something to yourself and that trademarks it? What? There used to be a thing. You, like, if you mailed... It was for music, mostly. Like, you could put something on, like, a t- cassette or whatever, and if you mailed it to yourself, it would... I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I've never heard of that. It's, it's it's hearsay and probably wrong. It's probably <laughs> bullshit to begin with. There's and something I heard from a guy. Something I heard like 17 years ago, and I'm still like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> it's like, no, Santa Claus is totally real. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Um, anyway, yes, week three of Octoberama, <clears throat> and I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Uh, this is our wild card week. Bitches. Wild card, bitches! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, and this week, we pulled the topic of Week of the Cannibal. People. People who eat people. It's cannibal. Are the luckiest people. Should, I should have stopped. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't, shouldn't have sang that last line. <laughs> I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. I'm not one, so I can't say. That's true. It's like that's like saying is is like, dude, cannibalism would solve world hunger and overpopulation. Think about that. True story. But you know, everybody be a target. It'd be a fucking war zone. That's true. It'd be like the purge, but interesting. <laughs> Zing. Uh. Anyway. So if you're brand new to October, Rama, every week in October we bring you a brand new episode where we talk about a different theme. So far, we've done Week of the Vampire and Week of the Zombie. And so, like I said, uh, the third week uh, in Octoberama is a wild card, unless there's only four weeks, in which case... Well, no. It was always a wild card. It's the Patreon pick that's that's occasional. Yeah. I was going to ask... I mean, we got a year in advance, but like next year, do we want to have... Do we want to pick Week 3, or do we want to have Week 3 be Patreon? Um, well, we have a list of topics yeah. that we're working from. Yeah. So if we want to put that to the patrons, which let, one they pick. Let them vote. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Um, but this is our fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, uh, yeah, so this week for the Wild Call, like I said, is, um, Week of the Cannibal, and we're going to be focusing on, uh, the original Hills Have Eyes and Cannibal Holocaust. Because when you think cannibals, you think cannibal holocaust. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. 
Um, and this is also a mini-sode. Like I said, if you're brand new to Octoberama, because we do one every every week, and there isn't necessarily brand new news for us to talk about, um, we alternate between a full episode where we bring you horror business and mini-sodes where we just talk about the movies. So here's a mini-sode for you, for your ass. Yep. Yep. It's little, so it'll fit in there this is easily. A tiny little ass. Like a suppository. <laughs> All right, Taylor. What's up? Which, <laughs> which one do you start with? Uh, let's start with The Hills Have Eyes. They wanted to see something different, but something different saw them first. The Hills Have Eyes. Mister, don't take your family back in that area. The silver has been gone for 40 years now. There's nothing back in there but animals. A lot. The old creep told you not to get off the road. What began as a vacation ended as a nightmare. Be hell to pay now. What was that? She thought she knew what the world was all about. But nothing prepared her for this. The hills have eyes. Oh, you go with my baby. Yeah, away, Dick. A mother fighting for her child loses it in the worst possible way. I hit him with a tire iron and I split his face wide open. That was a bad mistake. I come back for you later, girly. Why are you doing this? The story of an American family who lost everything except the will to survive. Murdered, raped, burned, but not beaten. The hills have eyes. The story of one family's refusal to die. I'm gonna get those animals. The Hills Have Eyes, a night of terror, a day of vengeance where no one was spared, no one. Kill the babe! Kill me! They fought back. Anything was a weapon. A family dog to the family car. It's working! The Hills Have Eyes, the most shocking, terrifying film you will ever see by Wes Craven, writer and director of The Last House on the Left. The Hills Have Eyes, the lucky ones died first. Before we start, we should thank our patrons. Oh yeah, I guess we decided we are doing that on the mini sets, aren't we? I mean, we cannot. <laughs> they're they're right As there they're watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's something new we're doing this year. Where we're broadcasting our uh, Octoberama episodes live to our patrons. So, uh, but over on Patreon, we have our Gravedigger crew who uh, give us money to help keep this show running. It's not an expensive show. We don't have to put a lot of money into it, which is nice because we don't have a lot of money. But those costs that we do have tend to add up. 
um, such as internet hosting costs and, um, you know, web hosting and or f- basically where we host our um, audio files, where we host our website, um, all that good stuff. It costs money. And so does equipment that has a tendency to take a shit on us. So those patrons really help us out in uh, affording those little unexpected costs because we do have our own lives that cost money as well. <laughs> right, Taylor? Fact. Um, anyway, those lovely people over on Patreon are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. So thank you so much, guys, for uh, contributing to the show. It means a lot to us um, that you have enough faith in us, or maybe not. Maybe just do it out of the kindness of your heart. Who knows? Who cares? The fact is, we get your money. <laughs> Taylor, if anybody else wants to uh, join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can get exclusive content. $100, well, Tony, where's July? Next subject. <laughs> For $100, I'll get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll actually do it. Shut up. I told Matt. <laughs> He's excited. <laughs> it, never mind. <laughs> what? I was going to bargain. And I'm like, wait, I don't want to bargain on this. <laughs> Bargain on what? I was gonna be like, if he wants to do it for free, I could just consider that his contribution, but <laughs> I don't think it works that way. <laughs> um, like I showed him my tattoo. But if he gives me a hundred dollars and I give it right back to him, what's the difference? I think of the the difference is the tattoo is gonna cost more than a hundred dollars. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm gonna say I want a tattoo that would cost a hundred dollars on my ass. On my ass. He might charge you a hundred dollars just to have to look at your ass for an hour. <laughs> I should charge him for it. <laughs> Ladies, fucking call me. <laughs> um, anyway. Yes. Cuban B. <laughs> so, Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes. Uh, 1977. Written, directed, edited, craft services by Wes Craven. I'm sure. <laughs> uh... Of course, Wes Craven, known for his uh, popular Nightmare on Elm Street series. Quite. You heard of that one? Indeed. It's very underground. Not, not a lot of people have heard of it. It's on the indies. <laughs> Little indie films. You got to know people. Uh, people who know people. <clears throat> God damn it. Shut up. <laughs> so, the the Kata family. <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Kata. <laughs> They're driving along, they're driving along, and uh, they, they're they out in the middle of fucking nowhere. They're in the middle of this desert that has one gas station for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why this is there in the first place. Yeah, I, I don't know why they're in the desert, in the middle of nowhere. No, they're on their way to LA, LA. to get some tacos <laughs> and go hiking. Fucking tacos. But um, I mean, like I've never. So they're f- coming from Ohio, which is weird. Like, why are they going from Ohio to LA? I don't understand. Um, but they're going through Nevada, and I haven't explored all of Nevada. But I've been from LA to Vegas, 
And I know that there's like kind of one popular way you go. <laughs> well, like even the daughter is like, if we had just stayed on the interstate, like none of this would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they're on this road. Probably because they never say like, oh, it's a shortcut or anything like that. They just like, oh no, this is the way we're going. Yeah. I think it's because Bob is a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, he gets what's going to him. Then. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, so yeah, it's this whole family, Bob and Ethel, their children, Bobby, Brenda, and Lynn. Lynn's husband, Doug, and their baby, Katie, and then the dogs, Beauty and Beast. So it's just, it's a whole crew. It's a whole clan. It's a whole uh, posse. They're travelers. They're like gypsies. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I don't think you're supposed to say that word anymore. Gypsies? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's on the list. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess it's like Romani now, isn't it? I, okay. Well, I mean, like, I've, I've heard themselves refer to, to themselves as travelers. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, they're on their way to L.A. Are they just, they're just going on vacation, right? Is that the deal? Or do they even really specify why they're going to L.A.? I don't remember. What I'm really hung up on is why the fuck they're... <laughs> they're looking for a mine. They're looking for a silver, silver mine. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, the Nevada mountains, they were in, in the, I think, um, I think it was like the early 20th century, there, there was, they found a lot of silver in the mountains. Um, and, and now they're looking for a mine. I don't know if it's like a family mine that they're looking for or what, but I just, I don't understand. There's a lot of things in this that just don't make sense. Yeah. It's like, hey, maybe if you didn't make that poor decision, these bad things wouldn't be happening to you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they just got this whole, uh, you know, Winnebago. Or not, it's not even a Winnebago. It's a trailer. Yeah. Well, I mean, Winnebago makes trailers. Um, Beside the but it's not like, it's not an RV. It's not a motorhome. No, it, it, it's not like uh, Lone Stars. No. That was a space ball reference. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not like that. <laughs> but yeah, and they're just all crammed into this trailer <clears throat> and they stop at Fred's Oasis, which is just the shittiest Oasis. <laughs> um, and you know, they get gas and Bob's like, hey, you know, Hey, fill her up and check the oil and, uh, you know, give me a hand job. <laughs> and Fred's like $7. It's like, Oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Seven dollars. It wasn't even seven dollars. It was like six seventy five or something. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think he actually fills it up because he. Yeah, Fred. He says you know he's closing up shop. He's and he doesn't have much gas left. Says, oh, I'll yeah, give you what I true. got. So that's true. Um. But then he's like, you know, don't go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're gonna go find this mine, and he's like, you should not. He's like, there's nothing there. Yeah. And there's uh, there's people in those hills that you don't want to mess with. Right. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. Cause we know better than you. It's like, why don't you shut up? You fucking yokel. <laughs> we're from Cleveland. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like, Bob is a cop. <laughs> um, Which probably explains why he's an asshole. <laughs> it's true. I like he's got his wallet out and he's like giving him the, the $6 or something. And Fred's just like, Oh, sheriff, huh? It's like, hey, don't touch my fucking badge. How about that? <laughs> and then was Ethel? Was that her name? Yeah. He's like, Bob retired. 
from the force. And uh, and Bob's like, Ethel, shut your mouth. Like, I don't know this asshole. He doesn't need to know my business. <laughs> but so then they, they drive off and uh, they crash into a giant rock. I think it's because Bob is being a fucking prick. Everybody's like, Why do you hate Bob so Because much? he's an asshole. He's the reason all this happened. He's being a stubborn little shit. And he's the reason they're on this fucking desolate road going to nowhere. And he's the reason they crashed. Because he, like, everybody's arguing. It's like, Dad, why are we on this road? We're fucking going nowhere. And he's just like, God damn it. Shut up. <laughs> God damn it. I'm eating pretzels. <laughs> And then they crash because he's having a fucking coronary. <laughs> Fuck Bob. God damn. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> but so their uh their dogs start panicking, start barking into the hills. Beauty runs away. The hills with eyes. Yeah. The titular hills. Like from Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah. <laughs> Those ones. <laughs> <laughs> So way more intimidating. Beauty runs off, and so Bob, Bobby, sorry, the the younger Bob. Do you have a problem with Bobby too, or is it just Bob? Is Big Bob? Other than he's just a whiny little bitch, no. <laughs> he's a whiny little bitch because he falls and gets knocked unconscious. Just throughout the whole movie, it seems like he's kind of whining. I just fucking can't stand whiners. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Fuck this whole family, man. <laughs> Bob walks back to Fred's oasis. It's Fred, Fred's like, "Hey, uh, you're you're gonna die." <laughs> Basically, he's yep. he says, "Hey, I've got this kid. His name's Jupiter for some reason. Uh, he, you know, he killed all to kill you and your family." And Bob's like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> Why didn't you tell us about this? You could have mentioned this last time we were here. You just said there's people in the hills. You didn't say they were going to kill us. <laughs> well, fuck a doodle do. <laughs> um, there's a callback to last to last episode. Yeah, last. Yeah, I was going to say last week. But, I mean, okay, yeah. It's it's kind of like last it's, week. It's kayfabe last week. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's it's, it's like when, when uh, Raw and SmackDown were still one thing, and they said, last week on, on Raw, when it was just like the day before. <laughs> uh, so Jupiter, played by Michael Berryman, of weird science fame. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's now living in the woods. <laughs> Michael Berryman of the Hills Have Eyes fame. <laughs> uh, he's now living in the woods, or living in the hills, in the desert. With Do you what you say about me, boss? Call me a chicken fucker. <laughs> He's the one that fucks the chickens. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You're asking me if I ever put a chicken on my dick and go, ah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all ain't gonna fuck these chickens up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, sorry. Michael Berryman plays Pluto, not Jupiter. Right. I, they're all planets. I can't keep track. There's, yeah, there's Jupiter, Mars, Pluto, and Mercury. Right. And Ruby. 
She kind of fucks up the dynamic. Yeah. Your name doesn't even fit the rhyme scheme. Stupid girl. <laughs> yeah, Jupiter went out in the woods, and uh, he had a new family with an, a prostitute named Mama. Just just Mama. Yeah. She could have been like Mama Venus or something, but no, just Mama. Just Mama. Mama. <laughs> God damn it. Um, and yeah, so they, they live in the woods, and they survive out there by eating stray tourists that go by. That seems like such a sketchy way to live. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I mean, like, how often are people really traveling out on this road where people... Yeah, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, where Fred's, like, at this gas station, hey, there's nothing out there, so maybe you should just turn around and go somewhere else. Probably nine times out of ten, people are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, they do all look pretty, like, emaciated. I guess. Thin. Except for Mama. She's a big old Well, yeah. She's a big old lady. I mean, Mama eats first. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, they, like, break into... Well, Michael Berryman, specifically, breaks into the trailer. And uh, who's the guy with the teeth? Is that Mars? That's... Yeah, that's Mars. He, he, he eats the baby. What? Or he tries to eat the baby. He just... He, they take the baby. But that's later. No, it's this part when they break into the trailer and like uh, Pluto's going through all their stuff. That's, that's, I think that's later, man. All right. Uh, let's see. Maybe it is. I'm a lot of whack. <clears throat> but Jupiter, he, he kills Fred with a tire iron. Tire iron. Iron. Um, and then he takes Bob and crucifies him. Sets him on fire. Gets him all burnt up. Yeah. So, I mean, fucking good riddance. <laughs> I was going to say, is this your favorite part? <laughs> Just fuck you, Bob. I'd be like, sorry, you did this. Um, Bobby finds Beauty dead in the hills. That's earlier, though. Yeah, that was when he fell and, and knocked his head open, but I realized I didn't say that at the time. Yeah. So, uh, what's her name that goes and finds Bobby? Uh, Brenda goes and finds Bobby, brings her back to the trailer. They uh, they keep Beauty's death a secret because she was all like mangled and ripped open. And yeah, apparently that was a real dog. What? They didn't kill it. Um, they had already. F- uh, I. I- because uh, the only way I could watch this was for, for free was on Shudder um, watching Joe Bob. Um, so that's what I watched. So I got like the little commentary in between. Apparently, yeah, they had already wrapped filming. And this was actually Michael Berryman that was telling the story. They had wrapped filming and somebody called Wes Craven because they needed a, a scene with a, with, a, with a dead dog. And so they, um, I guess, they f- somebody... At uh, the marina in L.A. somewhere, I don't remember exactly where, um, there was a dog that had drowned. So they called up Wes Craven and then him and somebody else and, and Michael Berryman all went down to the marina and shot just this quick scene of this dead dog. And I don't know, I guess maybe the guts were fake. I, I kind of doubt they cut the dog open because that's just weird. I hope so. You hope they could cut the dog open? No, I hope that was fake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, so there, there's there's a little trivia for you. All the wow, ri- thanks. <laughs> As if the other movie didn't have enough fucking animal abuse in it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes, they set Bob on fire and kind of uh, use that as a distraction to sneak in. And uh, Mars, he he he's not very nice to Brenda. He he treats her very uh, with, very, with great disrespect, <laughs> very uncouthly. He's just like, hey, let me whip out my rotten dick and and fuck you with it, my rotten pecker. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then Pluto abducts the baby, and him and him and uh, him and Mars run away, run away, <laughs> and so yeah, they're they you know they're gonna go eat the baby as is the plan. Uh, I stole the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I stole it from some stupid ducky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking brownies. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Uh, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> um, so Brenda's, she's out of her mind now. Ethel's dead. I don't really know what happened to her. She got shot. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the... the, the yeah, Ethel and Lynn both get shot. Yeah, I don't know if they already had the gun or if they stole it. I kind of lost track of where the guns came from. I think but... he already had it. Because I don't remember ever seeing them like find it or anything. He just kind of whipped it out. Yeah. Well, I know when they're, when they're, they're in the trailer, and I think it was when nobody else was in there, and Brenda was out back asleep, Um, that I think... Pluto was in there raiding. He's like taking everything. He's like anything that could be considered a weapon. Um, he was stealing their food. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was while everybody was out of the trailer and Brenda was in the back sleeping. Anyway. Um, anyway, so yeah, they take the baby back to their, their cave. Their, their, uh, their home, I guess. Yeah. And uh, they don't get a chance to eat it because the beast shows up and pushes Mercury off the off a cliff, kills him. And so Mama makes Ruby go eat Beast as like a punishment. Eat Beast is still alive though. Or eats Beauty, I mean. I don't... I... I don't remember that part, but okay. Yeah, because she's like, what do you, you don't like dog anymore? Yeah, Ruby at the beginning, she actually um, comes down to Fred's uh, gas station and he's telling her, that, like, you don't really know who she is or his her relation to him. Um, but she, like, he's saying that he's packing up and getting out of here. And, and, and she's like, yeah, take me with you. Right. And, so, like, right, right off the bat, you know, that she's trying to get away from this situation. She's not quite as psychotic as the rest of her family. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Not gonna lie, I kind of trailed off at the end of this movie. 
Um, Beast just starts killing everybody. Like he rips Pluto's throat out. Um, um, it's it's somehow this family or you know what's left them at the of them at this point have made like this base out of their fucking trailer and station wagon, and uh, it's a truck, wasn't it? Huh? Wasn't it a truck? Station wagon. Oh, but they've made um and. These hill people who have kind of made a career out of killing people that have managed to find their way into these hills are just like hanging back and like stalking them, and like looking at them from afar from the, you know, from the hills. She's like, what the fuck is taking so long? Go kill them. This is what you do. <laughs> but they're, they're sneaky types. They're not like, let's go march in there to war. Ah. I don't have time for this shit. This movie isn't interesting enough for that shit. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, like they they fight. Doug stabs Mars, and uh, who who's alive at the end? There's Doug, Ruby, Brenda, and Bobby. Brenda and Bobby. Yeah, because they they use Ethel's corpse as like a human shield, or not a human shield, like as a trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They set her up in a lawn chair. <laughs> And then put like this lariat on the ground, or uh, um, not a lariat, um, a uh, snare. The, 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 it was actually pretty ingenious. They, they, uh, what was his name? Um, who the the guy the must the porn star, Doug? Was that him? Yeah. So Doug, he he managed to find like this spool of old wire, um, or cable, and so they unwound that and made this. Uh, snare out of it and hit it and tied it to the to the um, back wheel of the station wagon and so when Mars came or not sorry Jupiter comes to look at Ethel's body to see if she's alive which yeah this is their mother <laughs> they set her up in a launch <laughs> their dead body up in a launch here <laughs> yeah so he steps into this you know to look at um, Lynn no, not not Lynn. Um, Brenda. Ethel. Oh, and um, they yeah they they switch on the car and hit the gas and it yeah pulls this snare and, and drag starts dragging him until the engine just craps out because that's how you build tension. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and yeah, the end of the movie is just like Ruby crying. Yeah, it just suddenly ends. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, uh, Doug just starts beating uh, Mars' head in with a rock. Or no, is it a rock? Or is it a knife? Just stabbing yeah, him. Yeah, he stabbed death. him. And then it just ends. It's done. Like, the screen goes red and says the end. Yeah. Yeah, the screen goes red. <laughs> not even not even black. <clears throat> so, I don't know why this movie is so popular. <laughs> It's not very good. It's really not. It's uh it's really boring. Um <clears throat> like I said, I kinda trailed off at the end. Yeah. Um you know It didn't keep me engaged enough to where it when it actually started getting interesting, I still cared. Right. You know, when this movie came out, the MPAA gave it an X rating. Um, so they had to actually do a lot of editing to get it 
down to um, an R. I assume um, that was in part because of the rape scene and probably the baby stuff, maybe? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, f- see, f- oh, Fred's death. Um, which, yeah, they must have cut a lot out of that because it was pretty much just Jupiter strangling him, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't remember anything super graphic about that. Um, Mars and Pluto attacking the trailer, which I must have must have been part of the the rape. Um, although I don't think rape was quite as um, hot button. Yeah, it was it wasn't as much of a hot topic issue as it is now. It's just kind of something that happened in movies. Yeah. Uh, um, Especially horror movies. I mean, you look at this and like, um, I spit on your grave. and Right. Um, but those were considered like extreme horror. Yeah. Back then. Last House on the Left. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, this, <laughs> Wes Craven didn't want to make this movie because how Last House on the Left, he got so much shit for that. Um, so he's like, okay, I don't want to make horror movies. He wanted to, um, I, I I don't know if he had like a specific movie in mind of what he wanted to make, but basically his producer said, Hey, you know what? People want you to make a horror movie. So make a horror movie and I can get you some money. <laughs> Other than that, I can't really help you. Um, so, uh, to, to, uh, yeah. So, um, he eventually wrote this movie. Um, and it was actually very inspired by, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I can see that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he managed to get financing for it, and I don't know who it was, but somebody was telling him that you, um, it's like, you have to film in the desert because you can sh- you shoot for dirt cheap in the in the desert. No pun intended. Um, so he wrote a movie that takes place in the desert, and this is what we came up with. Apparently, this is based on the legend of Sonny Bean, right? a 48-person Scottish clan responsible for the murder and cannibalization of more than 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anyway. But, uh, so, th- this, I think, is a prime example of uh, the remake being better. Yeah, I, I, I was... I was like, do I want to bring up the remake? Because we're not really talking about the remake, but you have. So um, I agree. I, I think the remake is a lot better. Yeah, the remake is what I wish this one would have been. Granted, it's a little more um, a little more intense than probably a lot of movies would have been made back then. But, I mean, that's kind of beside the point. It's, it, it's you know, this movie, it's... It takes place in the middle of the desert in Nevada, where a lot of nuclear testing was done. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mil or the air force or the military. I, guess, I don't know if it's really specific, but they use it still as as a, um, a gunnery range for their jets. Um, so it's just a desolate wasteland. But the remake really puts a, uh, a you know a, a, a pin in that, or not a pin. Um, a punctuation mark on that because you know they're they're mutants it's 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 that's where it kind of starts to blur into like um um wrong turn where it's just like these mutants living in like inbred mutants living in the you know in the backwoods or whatever yeah 
It's kind of similar, a little, like, kind of along those lines, but it makes more sense because I think if I, it's it's been a while since I watched that, but I feel like I remember them uh, doing like one of those um, newsreels at the beginning of the movie about that ground being used for nuclear testing before it launches into the movie. Proper. I know they do at some point. I don't know if it's the beginning, but yeah, they do something similar. But yeah, so you know you've got all these. Um, like you have a reason why they're in the desert and why they're the way that they are, why yeah. they're, um, <clears throat> you know, disfigured, why they are cannibalistic, why they are all these things. Yeah. And they're, they're much more primal because they don't have a connection to like the outside world like they do with Fred in this one. Yeah. Um, and I think that the family themselves, they're, I don't know if they're named the Carters in the, in the remake, but, um, it uh, they're I feel like they're more sympathetic because this family they're just kind of obnoxious. Yeah, they really are. I mean, Bob is a fucking asshole. Ethel's annoying. She's like this religious nut, and like that's really like, uh, it seems like out of balance at points, or not out of balance, but um, like it's kind of forced in. Because they're like they're about to split up and go um, looking for help, and and you know they're going in two different directions. And before they take off, Ethel's like, "Can we just all have a moment for prayer, please?" She's like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, looks like all the names are the same in the remake. Are they okay? I mean, I, I figured probably the cannibals would be, but um, except Fred's name is Jeb. Jeb. Yeah. But the the family is all the same. There, the Carters, Bob, Ethel, Bobby, Brenda. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why this one's so popular. I feel like it, this might be one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, it's Wes Craven, so we gotta love it. But I don't really subscribe Could to be. that. Um, I mean, honestly, outside of a Nightmare on Elm Street, I haven't liked a lot of Wes Craven's other stuff. Yeah, me neither. I mean, like I, I liked, um, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, and you know, New Nightmare. Um, I like, I liked Wishmaster. It's kind of polarizing. I think a lot of people don't like it, but, um, Last House on the Left is okay. I'm not a really big fan of it. People Under the Stairs is pretty good. Eh, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like I'm not going to put it at the top of any of my lists, but look, just looking at everything else on the. But anyway, and scream, scream was good. Yeah, scream was good for a minute. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, yeah, this one just it just kind of floats along for a lot of the movie. Yeah, like I said, until the very end, and then finally shit starts happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like constantly trying to build up the situation that just never actually happens or not to the degree that it was making it seem like it was going to. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just, aside from just being Wes Craven fanboys, I, I don't really know why this is so popular. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not terrible. But it's just really not that interesting. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Is it's it's so boring. 
mean, that's that's what it boils down to. It's like they, it's like he had like certain scenes that he was like, if I do this, then that'll shock people. But then it's like, what do you do in between that? Yeah, and it's like, well, we'll just you know have people mill about. Yeah, it's kind of like um. <clears throat> Kind of like when you're playing capture the flag as kids and you got these two teams that mostly just kind of stick around their home base until they try to sneak out and get into the other person's base. But most of the time they're just sitting around waiting. Yeah. That's kind of what this movie's like. Anyway. Um, Plus the remake had Laura Ortiz as Ruby. That's right. Did. Uh, I'm done. You done? I'm done. I'll give it a, I'll give it a four. That's that's where I'm at too. All right. Yeah, like it's, like I said it's not terrible, but it, it it definitely has a reputation that it doesn't deserve, in my opinion. Yeah. And I I don't understand where it comes from. But anyway, <clears throat> next up is uh, a very you know I said the other one was polar. Wait, I said something was polarizing. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lots of things are polarizing. That's true. This one's very polarizing. You either love it or you hate it, I think. Um, the classic cannibal film, Cannibal Holocaust. The Law of the Jungle. Eat or be eaten. These film cans tell what happened to the Americans who journeyed into the Amazon to shoot a documentary. New York City is only a day away from the green inferno of the Amazon jungle. Four Americans plunge into the savagery of the Amazon jungle to film a documentary. They never come back. Are they still alive? If so, where are they? Cruel. Brutal. Savage. Shocking. Authentic. Actually filmed in the Amazon jungle. So Cannibal Holocaust is a 1980 Italian slash American uh, horror movie. Um, made or It was directed by Ru, uh, Ruggiero Diodato. Um, and uh, this really set off a, a, like this cannibal fad. A, a lot of cannibal movies came after this. Um, I think it was just due to people wanting to be able to make these extreme horror movies for, you know, next to nothing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, it starts out in New York, um, where we're kind of briefed on this American film crew or the, you know, like a documentary crew well known for their other documentaries um, have ventured into the Amazon to uh, explore these indigenous tribes. Um, I don't know if they're specifically looking for cannibal tribes 
or just tribes in general. But um, despite warnings to not go because there had been like at least two prior film crews that had gone in and not returned, um, these cocky little bastards decide to go anyway. Um, so, uh, naturally they go in and they're never heard from again. So that's when, uh, Harold Monroe, who is an anthropologist at NYU, uh, decide, or is coaxed into, um, going in with a rescue team into their kind of last known whereabouts, um, to try and either rescue them or find out what happened. Um, so he um, he arrives down, and this is kind of nonspecific. It's just somewhere along the Amazon. It doesn't really specify where exactly it is beyond that, but it does take place in you know the Amazon rainforest, which is also known as the Green Inferno. Oh, <laughs> um, that's where uh, he. Uh, encounters the Yakumo Yakumo tribe um, where he kind of tries to make his he make he tries to make friends friends with the tribesmen um, at first they're a little intimidated because they've been clearly put off by something and it's it's pretty easy to guess that it must have been the uh, previous people that have been there which were the, which was the film crew Um and uh, so um, Monroe's led by his guide, uh, Chaco, and his uh, kind of secondhand man, Miguel. And they're kind of more familiar with these indigenous tribes, so he, they're kind of his um, window into this, <clears throat> in this world. So he's down there, and of course he's an anthropologist, so he's really taking this all in, you know, taking notes and, you know, making kind of a... a um, an audio diary with his tape recorder. Um, and he goes, you know, to great lengths to try and win the, win the trust of, um, uh, of, of the tribesmen. And, um, they actually captured one in order to bring him back as, you know, a sign of good faith and win their trust. Um, and, uh, it get, it, was this movie kind of confusing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because there's... So basically, there are two different tribes. Um, there's a... Um, oh, sorry, three different tribes. There's the Yakimo, uh, which he kind of makes you know, first contact with. And then there are these two other tribes deeper within the forest, uh, the Yanomamo and the Shamatari. Um, and they're both cannibal um, tribes. Um, when they find the uh, Shamatari attacking uh, some of the Yanomano or Mamo, uh, they wipe them out. You know, they're you know white men with guns, so they they take these other tribesmen out and kind of win the trust of the uh, the Yanomamo um, and start to kind of get involved in their way of life and earn their trust and <clears throat> come to find out that the, uh, the, the, the film crew has been killed 
and they've been made into this kind of their skeletons were made in this kind of weird sculpture thing um and basically Monroe covers their foot it re- recovers their footage um and <clears throat> goes back to New York um where he's watching the footage and finding out that these uh these this documentary crew they're from you know, small communal areas and basically incite violence for film purposes. And, you know, you're finding out they, they, it looks like they'd gone and caused, you know, incited violence, you know, made it appear as if this um, military was bringing his soldiers in um, to take over some land, but it was completely fabricated. Same thing, they uh, made it look like this war was going on between these two tribes, but really what they were doing was going in and burning down huts and killing tribesmen. Um, and so as a result, um, they got dead. <laughs> um, and Monroe is trying to, you know, so... Uh, He's trying to convince the the executives of this uh, it's Pan American Broadcasting System. Um, they're going to be airing the the footage from this documentary that was recovered, and he's telling them, "No, we can't glorify these assholes because they are they're monsters." And he's like, "You know, you guys haven't seen the uncut footage. You haven't seen what was really going on there." And so he shows them, and they were in there just wreaking havoc. They were um, killing tribesmen, injuring them in order to follow them back to their um, their um, village, um, uh, raping their women, and uh, I think that was probably the big one, the one that ultimately got them attacked and, and killed by the tribe, um, and uh, yeah, and so at the end he. Um, Monroe is clearly finally convinced these executives not to show this. And uh, one of the executives actually calls into the office and says, you know, burn all the footage, just destroy it. And that's, that's kind of the end. And um, I mean, that sounds like a really summed up and hasty uh, synopsis, but I was just kind of cutting out all the, all the fluff. Yeah, I mean this this movie is very visual. It's very much about what's going on on screen, mm-hmm. less so than the story itself. Yeah, the the story itself is not super in depth. There's no, not a it's lot not. to it. Um, yeah, like like you said, there's just <clears throat> a lot of visual stuff, and some of it's hard to watch. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of animal cruelty going on, which I'll get into, but um. You know, there are things like, uh, you know, dismemberment and, you know, scenes of torture and rape, um, multiple scenes of rape. Um, and, you know, it's it's done with a, you know, this was, this was released in 1980, but, you know, it was filmed in the 70s. So you've got, you've got 70s um, visual 
you know, art, art style, I guess that, you know, it's like, it's not super realistic, but it's still kind of harsh, harsh to look at. Um, and so that's just kind of like what you classify as, as extreme horror. Um, and you know, it, regardless of how real or fake it looks, it's still hard to watch. Yeah. Especially like scenes of rape. That's, that's just rough. Yeah. Um, but what is especially hard to watch is what I mentioned a minute ago is all the animal cruelty. Um, the because act, all that shit's real. Yeah, it's really real. Um, they legitimately killed uh, what about five animals in this movie. Um, I mean, it starts out... The turtle is the one that most people think of. That's, yeah, that's really... Because it's so long. Yeah. Um, it, it takes, I mean, that's probably about a 10 minute scene. It's just, they, yeah, they capture this, you know, this great tortoise and chop its head off. And like, it, it's a real tortoise and it's really being killed and, and, uh, torn apart. They chop its head off and you can see it's like little legs going crazy and then they start breaking open and open its shell, and it's like unless you're like an anatomy student, like that's not really something you want to see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like breaking apart its shell and just like exposing its insides, it like it's it's really fucking hard to watch. And like, you know, they they capture this muskrat, um, and just shove a knife in its throat, and watching it just like struggle and scream. And then they cut it open and, um, you know, there are some things that are just like a little less harsh to watch. Like they, they cut the head off of a snake, which, you know, unless you're like a snake lover, that's probably a little easier to kind of stomach. Um, and they, they chop a tarantula into pieces. My, there's one I'm missing. <coughs> what it is. Oh, monkey. They cut, that was hard. They cut a monkey's head in half. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, (sighs) I mean, they have like kind of special, you know, back in the, in the seventies, they had, they were, they were bound by the special effects abilities of the time, you know, whereas nowadays they could do that stuff fairly easily and make it look pretty realistic. Yeah. Back then it's like, if you wanted realism, you had to do it for real. And if I'm looking at it with a filmmaker's eye, that I can understand. But as just a nor like to look at it from a, a viewer's perspective, it's like you didn't have to do that. No, and it didn't have to be that real. Exactly. Um, this thing, this movie was kind of a precursor to a lot of, um, you know, what what became found footage, because um, a lot of people, this movie was actually banned in several countries. Because people thought that this stuff was legitimately going on. I mean, the filmmakers had to, like, go to court. Yeah. Like, they were charged with making a snuff film. Yeah, Ruggiero Diodato actually had to bring in these actors that were killed on screen to prove that they weren't really dead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, and, uh, yeah, but, I mean, you think of a movie like The Blair Witch Project. Which you have this movie, and then you had Cannibal F- uh, Ferox, which was made not too long after this. Which is a lot of people think it's a sequel, and it's really not. Um, uh, 
kind of like similar in in that it's it's kind of these documentary well Carol Ferox isn't so much a documentary but you know very similar stories so groundbreaking and the reason it got banned and so many people turned their nose as a lot of documentary footage and so people thought that it was real yeah you know rightfully oh yeah i mean if if one death is real then you know who's to say that it's not all real yeah you're showing people things on screen that they haven't really seen before. And even though, you know, if we look at it now with all the stuff we've seen in special effects um, in the 21st century, it's like, yeah, slightly real. But when you're showing somebody somebody something on screen that they've never seen before, they're like, oh, my God, that that might be real. Yeah. So while it seems ridiculous now, I can understand why that might have seemed justified. You know, being this film and you know taking Diodato or uh, Diodato to um, to court over it, uh, yeah. But this movie, like, I appreciate this movie as a horror fan because it's fucked up and it's got a lot of gore, which you know I love gore. Um, and you know the 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 plot isn't complicated, which is fine, I guess. Um, there's not a lot to the story. It's it. I was you said before. It's just visual stuff. Um, it, but I mean, yeah, the story itself is actually kind of hard to track because you. I mean, there's several different tribes, and if you're not paying attention to like the the narration, it, you you could lose your place. Yeah, really easily. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I, like, I don't really care at what point in time this movie was made. Like, the the animal violence is not okay. I don't approve of that. I don't see it as necessary. Um, you know, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, you should have been using um, fake, you know, pr- prop animals. Um, or, or, you know, not at all. Yeah. So, and you know, it's funny seeing this movie for the first time, probably in my early twenties. That stuff didn't really phase me, and so I don't know. I must be getting soft in my old age or something, because that stuff really bothered me. Now I hadn't actually seen this in several years until I watched it this morning, and um, it's like uh, I, I was trying to eat when they were cutting apart that tortoise, Ugh. and it was like it was making me sick. Like I had to stop eating. Um. Yeah. So I just, yeah, like like I said, maybe I'm getting soft in my old age, but I just I do not approve of that. And I even even in, you know, from a historical retrospective, I still don't think that was appropriate. Um. I I don't give it a pass because of the time it was made. It was, I, you shouldn't. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. No. Um. And the scenes <clears throat> of rape, they're not very realistic. I mean, you can watch other movies and see them much more realistic um, and, you know, uh, surreal scenes of rape. Um, but still, ra- you know, rape is rape. You know, even even if it's not being portrayed very realistically, it's still hard to watch. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> especially, you know, if you are somebody that has been raped or you know somebody that's been raped, that's just one of if you feel kind of gooky. Um, but, uh, 
No, like I mean, this movie did start kind of like the trend of the of the eighties, um, and he obviously inspired Green Inferno. Dog shit. <laughs> that was God. I'm still not over how disappointing that was. That should have been awesome, and it was just phoned in. Yep. Anyway, um, for how much hype it got too. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate know. this movie. You don't think it's good? Um. I I get the whole like underlying message of like you know who's really the savage. Uh, I think it's just a bunch of gross out scenes with a very thin story trying to tie them all together. <laughs> I hate it. Um, I do agree with you that the that the story itself is paper thin. Um, and yeah, it's just a bunch of gross out scenes. But that's kind of what I like. I mean, you know me. I I love I love my gore. I love my senseless violence. Um, but what really gets me is is the animal violence and the and the rape. I, I'm I'm a little more understanding of the rape from for its artistic value, I guess. Um, but the animal violence is just no, there's no need for it, especially because so much of it was done by the the documentarians. Yeah, it wasn't even done by like these indigenous tribesmen. Like the the, the white people were the ones tearing apart this tortoise. So. Like I said, I mean that's that's the whole thing is it's like you know who's who's truly the uncultured ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, if you're gonna draw anything from this really, really almost non-existent story, then that's probably the the message that you could that you could grasp. Um, and you could translate it to a lot of modern day situations, and you know, like uh, you know, you could put it on like immigration. It's like you know, who, who are really the, the you know, illegal immigrants versus people trying to kick, you know, keep them out. And it's like, who's, who's worse. Yeah. Um, I guess there's any number of situations you could apply that to, but <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't go as far as to say that I hate it, but I don't really like it as much as I th- guess I thought I did now that I'm looking, it's the first time I'm looking at it with like a critical eye. Um, as soon as you put it on the schedule, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Well, if we're gonna do cannibal movies, what am I? Like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> Come on, we, we do week of the cannibal. We have to watch Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, I should have seen it coming, I guess. But now it's out of the way. We don't have to watch it again. <laughs> Thank God. <clears throat> um, I can die without ever seeing this movie again and not have a problem with it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really low budget. Um, and you know, it's pretty on par with most of these Italian movies that came out of the late seventies, early eighties. Um, you know, without, if you're not paying attention, you could probably easily think this was zombie. Sure. (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the cast was fine. I mean, a lot of it, it, it's, these Italian movies are always funny to me because you have, Italian actors and American actors. So you have people speaking Italian on set and then they're overdubbed with English, but then you have um, English speaking actors speaking English who are also overdubbed. (laughs) (laughs) And that was just so they could keep the audio consistent. Sure. But um, it just, it always looks silly because they can never um, get that, uh, that, that lip sync on, on, uh, on par, you know, so, anyway, but as a film, 
you know, production value, it's fine. Um, but the story is really lacking. Um, and just the, the scenes of violence, even though when you see a movie called Cannibal Holocaust, you expect a certain degree of violence. Um, but there are just things that are unnecessary. And, you know, we've been discussing that, so I won't retread, but, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think this movie was made entirely for shock value and not any kind of actual entertainment. <laughs> Fair enough. So I one, I assume. I'll I'll go to just because they're like the effects are decent enough to have the, the guy put in front of a judge. So right, but um, yeah, there's uh, there's I won't even say that it's that there's not a lot to like. There's a lot to dislike. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, because, uh, as, as much distasteful stuff in it that really turns me off, I, there's, I still enjoy a lot of, of it, but that's just kind of my, my style. So I'll give it a, f- a four, but be, begrudgingly, <laughs> I think, yeah, like, I mean, I'll say it one more time, just like all the animal violence was uncalled for and unnecessary. Um. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so that's gonna do it for week of the cannibal guys. Um, and that's uh the end of week three of Octoberama. Yep. Yep. Uh, did Did you have fun, Taylor? I did. Yeah. Even though you had to talk about a movie you hate. Yeah. Like I, I didn't have fun when I was watching it, but like this was fun. <laughs> it's always a fun time. It's always always nice to spend time with you, yeah. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to be back next week with our week of the Patreon pick. Which are we, Do you want to just do that now? Or Sure. I mean, we only got two options. Did we already decide? I can't remember. I don't think so. Okay. Um, so we've got female killers or sea monsters underwater or... I don't know. Do you have a preference? I feel like I'm leaning towards female killers. Didn't we just we discussed that and we were like, are there anything? Is there anything else we could? Because we've done a lot of female killer movies. I mean, I know what my pick would be already. Really? Yeah. I guess we can go with that. I'll figure out something. All right. So we're gonna be doing week of the lady killers, but like ladies who are killers. Yeah. <laughs> lady space killers. Killer. Yeah. Space. The space is important. <laughs> um, or just killer ladies. Yeah. So we'll be watching American Psycho 2. Oh, God. Are you serious? <laughs> you yep. fucker. That's so bad. <laughs> There's my review. It's terrible. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and whatever I decide on. But that one's going to be brought to you <clears throat> not live. From, well, Patreon will see it live. That's true. Um, but it'll be live from L.A. L.A. LA. Probably from our Airbnb. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be at Disneyland. Just like so, American Psycho Two is really bad. <laughs> I thought I thought about that. It's like, would they let me bring a laptop and a microphone in? Yeah, I no. Mean, but um, maybe we could do it from like downtown Disney. They'd let us do that, probably. Maybe it'd be loud. People would be like, "What are you doing? Am I on the radio?" 
Yes, tell everyone your social security number. <laughs> Go away, Jennifer. <laughs> anyway, so look for that uh, next week, guys. Same time, same same grave plot time, same grave plot channel. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, in the meantime... If anybody wants to find us, Taylor, where can they go? They can go to graveplotpodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Send us an email. Let us know you did. We'll send you some free things. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And if you want some exclusive content in exchange for a very little amount of money, head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Do it now. Do it now. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Every time I think of just stupid Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions, I think of uh, Mad TV with Will Sasso. <laughs> it was like some. Like, did you ever see um, uh, Sixth Day? I don't think so. It was with human cloning. I don't think so. Okay. Well, it was supposed to be. It was around the time that came out. And. Uh, <clears throat> They're doing some stupid joke about Schwarzenegger making a new movie, so they're like interviewing him, um, and so he's like, they're like showing a scene from the movie, and he's like talking to himself, and it's just a completely stupid discussion. But then they both just start freaking out, and they're going, <laughs> "Okay, all right." So we'll see you guys next week, guys. That's weird. That was a weird sentence. You said guys too many times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've been recording a long time. It's getting late. (laughs) It is. Uh, So until next week, guys, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Flat Podcast where we're all a little dead inside. I found you outside like a sunrise that melted my eyes from my skull. Cause I turned into ash before my sweet demise The end of me was so beautiful Well now you're stuck in my head like a love song Climb to the top of the charts How the fuck could something be so right and so wrong All the wrong words but all the right parts You can't sit there and tell me that I didn't try And I can honestly tell you that I never lied I can't stand this dark feeling, this shark eating me Shark eating me up inside